Hello and welcome to our first top five of the pre-season, sort of. Uh, today we're going to be looking at British drivers. So we're going to each have a top five of British drivers who we think are the best to have graced the British touring car grid in the times that we've been watching and even beforehand. Sam and I are taking a slightly different approach to our top fives. I very much focus on the ones from my era. I know Sam has considered the BTC as more of a, a whole, um, certainly from 90s onwards. Um, but yeah, it should be a, a lot of fun. And that's all it is. It's a lot of harmless fun. There's no need to hurt each other in the comments. Please do not fight each other. Things are hard enough as it is. We like some healthy discussion, though. We'd love to see why people think they're... They, top driver is their top driver or why people shouldn't be in such a list um, and we'd love to have your comments on our top five and like to see your top fives as well um, when we put this up we'll put up a post with it to to say what is your top five and um, we'd love to see what you have to say I hope to be deploying the this is great banter memes everywhere in the <laughs> comment section of the various places Well, enough of idle chit chat. Shall we go straight in, Sam? Straight in. Go on. Who's number five for um, you? My number five it is the curveball, which you're probably going to lambast me for. Um, I have to say, there's a slight personal preference here. Um, that person is a Jordan, but it's not Andrew. Not the driver that has a touring car title to his name. Yeah. His dad. Yeah. This is. You know that in my job, I have to do difficult negotiations and you know, tough sales, as it were. Yes. I appreciate this is a tough sell. Bring it, then. However, however, he dabbled in the late 80s, but his proper debut was really 2006 in the Honda Integra. Yep. And he was at the front, more often than not. He was playing with the big boys as an independent. Yes. Up against the might of Vauxhall. The might of Halfords and the might of Sayat, three well-resourced powerhouses of the sport, held his own with them throughout the season, took a race win, uh, very exciting racer, and you do kind of feel, if he hadn't had that uh, crash with, with Plato at the end of the season, what could have been for him. Now, I'm not saying he'd have been a title winner, I think that's probably too far, but I think there's a lot more that could and probably should have come through had they not not intervened. Do you think a factor in him not continuing further than what he did was his son Andrew Jordan becoming so successful? I think part of that is likely. Um, I also do think the crash. I mean, it was a. We're not just talking a. You know, a, a minor a knock. Punctured lung, yeah. airlifted to hospital. I mean, yeah, it was a. I was that still on the day. It was a horrific crash, and the uh, the the pit pit wall and the, um, the, the grandstand just felt absolutely silent when it happened because mm. you knew immediately it was a bad crash yeah. um, so you do wonder if that curtailed him slightly I mean he wasn't a spring chicken when he came in obviously but Certainly not. from a personal view I loved watching him race because he wasn't scared of anybody um, he was more than happy to put throw his weight around with the big boys um, but, but of course he held his own against 
In saying that, he was very respectful in the way that he dealt with his driving and his mannerisms off the track. Yeah, a, a thoroughly likeable guy, um, a thoroughly a gentleman on and off the grid, as you say. Um, and of course, I, I also forgot to mention that the MGs at that point with Turks and Collard were also an incredible um, force to be reckoned with. And he didn't look—he didn't look second best a lot of the time. Could it be a case that he wasn't ruthless enough, and that's why he didn't achieve more? I think that when you put into consideration that in his debut, effectively his debut season, uh, I'm ignoring his dabble in the 80s, I'm talking 2006's debut season, yep. I, I don't think it was lack of ruthlessness, I think there's perhaps a naivety of the touring, because if you look at how some people have come in with better credentials, Mark Blundell in a debut season for example, who couldn't replicate what, I mean I know it's slightly different with different yeah. times, but you, uh, for a debut season in a car that was completely alien to him, and a car that he hasn't had the backing behind of a team like Dynamics, say etc., all on his own back, I thought what he achieved during that season was just incredible. And I loved watching him race. Can I put a caveat to that? So you're saying he was in the Honda Integra, what we know to yeah. be one of the best chassis that had ever been in the British Touring Cars. Now that, that car was previously run in the 2005 season by Team Dynamics. By Dan Eves, I believe, yeah. How much information did they bring over from a title-winning car? Remember, Matt Neal won the title that season. Title-winning car that they've got there. How much? Yeah. How much information came over from Team Dyma- Team Dynamics that pushed him into the position that he found himself in? I think there probably was an element of data sharing, but equally, I still would caveat that with he's a debut driver in a, one of the hardest series in the world. You can give me all the data you want. You give me all the data you want. I don't think I could replicate the same impact. If I, if I had the same data of the BMWs as last year and I was racing that BMW now with the same data as last year, I don't think I'd replicate their dominant form. No, but I've seen you <laughs> racing. You know? Well, <laughs> but my point is, you know, I, 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 I appreciate it's a, it's a tough it's a tough sell, this one. I just think there's a lot of fate probably got in the way a little bit. Uh, I, say, I don't think it would have been a title winner. I think that's a step too far. But I think he had more years in him, and at the top level as well. And as a driver, on and off the grid, he was just a great addition to the sport. Okay then, I'm going to raise you with my fifth position driver. It's not hard to. (laughs) Uh, So this driver had a small debut in 2001, but then had his full debut in 2006. Same year, same car. Gordon Shedden. A three-time British Touring Car Champion had five wins in his debut year in 2006. Has had 48 wins in his British Touring Car career, including 11 pole positions. Now, you're saying that, yes, probably the the likability of Mike Jordan has edged him into your top five. And he also gave us Andrew, which, you know... Yes, which yeah, has, has been a good addition to the sport. Andrew was, driving he, he was a consi- consideration for my top five as well. But the amount that Gordon Shedden has achieved in such a short time of being in the championship is it's, it's astounding for me is that he effectively came from nowhere. Yes, we know he's got yep. a bit of racing pedigree background with being in a shared ownership or Knock Hill. Obviously, he's the brother-in-law of Rory Butcher. Um, yep. 
but the way that he came into the championship, came into a top team at Team Dynamics, and matched Matt Neal, who had been in yep. the sport for over a decade, is ridiculous. I have a couple of questions. Go. Go. Do you think he's been lucky insofar as he's always had a top drive? He's never had to slum it, as it were. He's never had to be that independent, working extra hard, developing a car. He's always been, I, I hate to use the expression, but I'll, I'll use it, silver spooned in the fact that he was given a seat in one of the best teams in the country and has had that seat pretty much consistently throughout his, well, yeah, consistently throughout his career. But is that because his talent has been seen so as Dan Kamish has come in over these last two seasons we've seen what he's done in lower formulas and yeah. they've brought in a top quality driver which top quality teams do we see it through F1 we see it through GT racing we see it through touring cars and world touring cars you bring in the best drivers to try and win titles for your team and win manufacturers championships and that is exactly what Team Dynamics were doing in that era they already had the reigning champion in Matt Neal, and they needed to bring in someone that was, in his first season, a fairly yes man, and go, yeah, I'll stick behind him, I'll be his rear gunner. But when they needed him to pick up the points, he was there to do it. I mean, to take five wins in your first full season yeah. is excellent. Some people don't get five wins in a season and have gone on to win titles. Yep, yeah, no, I agree with you. My my caveat would be again though that if you look, if I compare him to the other drivers on my list, he is the only one that's not had to work his way up, as it were. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that makes him any less of a driver. My point being is that had he been in, say, the Atomic Kitten MG, would he have gone on to win those races? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of what aboutery. I I, yes. I accept, but I think he was fortunate, if not lucky, to have a top seat from the off. And you, don't get me wrong, he's had to prove himself in that seat and. Dan Oaks would keep a driver that hasn't proved himself. I completely take that point. Part of me just wonders that he's not grafted in the same way that some of the other drivers on this list, and I'm sure your list, have done. Mm. Um, again, I can see why he's in your list. And you know, to, to win the championship once is an incredible achievement. You look at the drivers that haven't won it. To win it more than once is just insane. And the amount yeah. of wins he had to his name. Yeah, it, I'm not saying he shouldn't stay in the top five. Um, I just think that perhaps he has a, had a little bit of luck along the way, but that's what you need. Yeah, you certainly do. Um, and I think that's with probably all our drivers in our top five. They've been lucky and they've been consistent. Oh, there's one of mine, not, there's one of mine on my list that's got no luck to it whatsoever. Okay. Who and he's is, in at number four. I was going to say, who is your fourth position driver then? Um... There could be a suggestion that I'm just going for my favourite drivers, which isn't the case when we come to our, the top three. Um, but I'm going to go at number four, a driver who's still in the series, um, a driver who still just shines year on year on year, and a driver, in my opinion, who's not been lucky, who has done it the hard way, and it's Tom Ingram. Okay. Um, we're talking of a fan favourite, 13 wins under his belt already. Yeah. The underdog. You know, came in in a small family-run team in a small car that wasn't particularly competitive and built that car up, stuck with it, stuck with the team, continually ground it out and out and out. And by, okay, you could, I, perhaps he got lucky landing a deal with Toyota now, but I don't think it is luck. I think that's recognition of what he managed to do with the car without support. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and he's, he's definitely the future face of British touring cars, and if he doesn't win a title, it'll be scandalous. Um, 
a very clean driver as well. You don't see him involved in any silly bother. Oh. I can't remember an incident where he's been involved in something silly. He's you know plays percentages, um, and to be in the uh, running for the championship two years in a row, something. When you put in the fact that last year he was in a debut season, a brand new car, and he's still in the championship running at the end of the season, taking a win within four races in yeah. that brand new car, he's yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, and and the season before that, he was in a very old Toyota Avensis that he squeezed the absolute most out of. Do you remember that race of Snetterton, back of the grid in the wet? Yes. To win the race in that in that Avensis, I mean that is one of the greatest drives I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I I can completely understand why he's in your list, but for me, he hasn't peaked, and that that that's oh, a no. great thing that he hasn't peaked and that he's achieved so much so far. But we need to see more of what he can do, in my opinion, to see him in with the other drivers that I've got in my list. Certainly, I can understand where you're coming from, um, and. Yeah, it's difficult to have another person in the list who's not won the title. I accept that. Um, but I, I only feel it's a matter of time until he does win the title. Uh, and you look at... The, the British Touring Cars is there to to entertain. And yeah. for me, he's one of the most entertaining drivers on the grid because he never gives up. You know you're going to get a clean race to him, but you also know he's got the ability to just turn it on and off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he needs to come through the back through the back of the grid... He, I mean, look at Silverstone last year in the wet. Yeah. Came through the back of the grid to... Was it second in the end? I can't remember. It was certainly on the podium. He's, he's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not just entertaining. He's approachable. He's he's great with fans, and he's yeah. he's what the touring cars is all about. Really, it's being able to get that closer access to the drivers that the young kids go. Oh yeah, he's he's amazing. He gets to drive a car for a living, and he goes yeah. racing every other weekend. Um, yeah, he he is great in terms of that, but when he goes on to hopefully win a title, he's going to be then pushing to be in my top five. Yeah, I can say I can understand why he's not there at the moment. Um, but I say for me, for the joy he's brought me watching him grow. Yeah, I mean that's what you know. The touring cars isn't the same as F1 in the sense that it's not all about money, but money is now more and more a part of the touring cars. And it's great to see someone like that who can still not stick two fingers up, as it were, but do it the the hard way and, yep. and make it work. Because there's not many people that can. No. And he's one that really has achieved so much already. No, um, it has been nice seeing him come through the formula, starting in Ginetta Juniors, moving up and moving on yep. and developing at the rate that he has... I think he needs to win a title in either next season, this season or next season. Yeah, I'd agree, but I think it's there. I think he you know, he held his own last year against quote better cars. Yeah, and he's now just gonna he's just gonna get stronger and stronger. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, number four on your list. Number four on my list is a three times British Touring Car Champion. Had his debut in nineteen ninety one. Um, had a year out in 2001, came back in 2002, is Matt Neal. So, 693 race starts with 63 wins. It's yep. not, not a bad conversion ratio. Um, and to go his first title in 2005, he finished every race in the points. Every yeah, single yeah, race. Yeah. 30 race season, 
to achieve that, not have mechanical failure or accident damage to put him out of a race is... I don't think we've seen it since, have we? Not like I remember. No. no not like I remember. Um, and yes, he's been on and off with Team Dynamics, obviously a team run by his father. Um, for the whole of his career, he's popped out, he's gone off to VXR, he's, he's done other little bits and pieces... But he's always come, almost come back home to where he's won his titles, um, and I think his longevity in the sport puts him into this top five almost, almost by itself. The the amount that he's done for the sport as well. I completely agree. Um, he is in my top five, so I will talk about him at the same time rather than to repeat a thing you've said later on. Um, so. Yeah, is he aggressive? 100%. Is he clean? No. Is he fun to watch? Yes. yes. And that's what it's all about. And, and as you say, it, he's been in there a long, long time. Um, he's proved himself again and again at different teams, which I think is something he has over Shedden, is that he's Shedden is almost messy, if you like, that he's done it done brilliantly, but only in one place. Neil's done a more Ronaldo route, and he's <laughs> proved himself at different places. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think you're right. I think Neil deserves to be in this list or any list when you talk about the greatest big British touring car drivers of all time Neil deserves a spot very near the top because what he's achieved is fantastic the only thing I would question is should he have achieved more with, it's hard to ask for a three time champion but. well yeah with with the machinery that he's had at his disposal and he's certainly had two maybe three seasons where he's come within absolute touching distance like final race final weekend of getting getting to that title yes possibly considering how long he's been in the sport and can I now ask a very difficult question oh go ahead you're full of them mate how many more seasons do you think he's got and do you think there is a risk that he'll tarnish his legacy by staying too long uh, there's always going to be a question over when is the right time to bow out yeah. Um, we we were all fairly shocked when Rosberg went on to win the title in the F1 and went, yeah, that's it, I'm done. I've done what I wanted to, I'm off, I'm going to enjoy my life now. But I think yeah. racing in the British Touring Cars to Matt Neal is pretty much everything that he knows. Obviously, yeah. having his father as team principal and running the team... And then he's also got his sons coming up through TCR and possibly pushing on to become British Touring Car Drivers one day. I think it may have to be when his sons are ready that he can then step back and go into more of a, an advisory slash coaching role for them. Um, so I don't think the decision will necessarily be down to him. I think it's when, when he's possibly even ready to take over from his dad and manage the team and yep. bring bring almost like a family family line coming in there I think it's difficult because there was a point to the season just gone where I thought he was past it yeah. and then he'd go and chuck in a performance where he showed that he certainly isn't yeah um, yeah his drive not... the final round of Brands last season in the wet yeah. to back Camish up was yeah. was excellent and that is exactly what you want between teammates. And he that's he's always been able to do that in his career. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's the other thing about him, isn't it? That he, he knows when to play the team game. He yeah. knows 
whether or not he intentionally spun Turks in the Brands Hatch is a debate <laughs> for another day. But he knows when to play the team game, and he yeah. knows you know the team comes first. If he can't win it himself, he's more than happy to do rear gunning. He's done it for Shedden when he's won it. He's yep. tried so hard for Camish last year to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I think he's not got long left in the, in the sport. For being perfectly honest, I think. I don't think we're going to get to see him get to 100 wins, for example. I think that's too far away. From yeah, I grass. think that's well off. Um, but I think we've probably got two or three seasons left of him, but I don't think he'll win another title, I have to say. Do you think his driving has developed over sort of like coming in in that um, originally in 1990s? They were all very elbows out, get a little push to pass as we know it now. And he's had to develop his driving into the 2000s, into the 10s, and that he's maybe suffering a little bit for it. Um, I can see where you're coming from. I think it's also to come, come uh, through many a rule change, yes. uh, many a uh, uh, chassis change, you know, engine change, etc. And again, he's proven himself to be able to up, be up to that challenge again and again. I think you're right. I think the sport in the last few seasons has become a little bit too regularised. You know, you get. A, you know, a tiny tap and suddenly the stewards want a five second penalty and an investigation or what have you um, I, I actually rewatched the uh, 2006 opening round the other night at Brands Hatch and you see some of the moves that go on there I mean Neil literally spins Turkson through clearways to get well, not all the way around but literally turns yep. him sideways through clearways to get through and that's an acceptable move then yeah. it's a balance uh, I think you're right I think he has suffered a little bit because he's quite a brash aggressive driver mm-hmm. um but I also think that he's, he's shown he knows when to drive the percentages as well. Look at the 2005 season, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's certainly one that I think will be in most people's top five. Uh, I know yeah. he could be a very Marmite figure for some people. Um, oh, yeah. But I think his quality is undeniable in what he's done in the championship. Well, he was my third place driver, so we'll go on to your third place rather than repeat everything again. Okay, so my third place driver is uh, Jason Plato. Okay. So he holds the record for the wins, most wins in the championship in '97. He's had 599 race starts. Oh, he says it's 98, just for the record. He's consistent that he's got 98, but you're right, the record books say 97. <laughs> um, he's had 231 podiums, which yeah. is amazing. Uh, for a driver to be at that top level so consistently and then back it up with two championships made his debut in 1997 and he's one of only two people to have a triple race win on a weekend yep Dan Eves of Thruxton being the other one Dan Eves being the other one yes so can I shock you yeah, yeah go on He's not in my top five. He's not in your top five. A driver that has pushed the boundaries, let's say, of the British touring cars and been arguably the face of the British touring cars for the last 15 years. Yep. And he's not in your top five. I agree with what you've said there. He has carried the sport at times. He's he's excellent for the sport. Like Neil, he's a Marmite figure. You love him or you hate him. I don't hate him. I I think he's a really good driver and having him in the championship is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I think the reason he misses out on his top five is he's petulant. Um, 
we saw him down tools for a couple of seasons because he wasn't happy where he was. Yeah. I know a lot goes on behind the scenes and you can't necessarily just get himself out of that contract and move on, but he effectively down tools. Yep. And in a car that Sutton was making work, I should add as well, it wasn't that the car was terrible. Sutton made it work and still did last year. Yeah. Um, so he sort of sulked a bit and threw his toys out of the pram. He's done that a couple of times throughout his career. Um, he's um, as he's talented, yes, of course he is, obviously. He moans too much. He's not, in my opinion, he's not particularly approachable or as humble as some of the other drivers on the grid. But there's always going to be figures in the sport that moan. Look at Mourinho. He's arguably one of the best coaches in football. But yeah, he loves a moan at the moment. He'll turn people the wrong way because that's the kind of figure that he is. And people love him and people hate him. But the undeniable but quality perfect. is still there. But I think you're, I think Mourinho is the perfect analogy because I think there was a point where Plato was the best. Yes. But he's not now. No, I'm and not saying still... I'm not saying now. I'm saying throughout the British touring cars, he has to be one of those top five because of what he has achieved over the amount of time that he's been in there. And yeah, there have been some situations that he's got himself into that people don't agree with. But that's the way he's wanted to do it. Yeah, and I commend the fact he's done it his entire way, but I think what you said there is, is the very reason he's not in my top five. He's owned, He's got 97 wins, he's got all those stats, he's only got two titles. He should have achieved a hell of a lot more. I certainly... Hell, look at the machinery he's had as well. He should have been, you know, he had, he's always had a good car, well, most of the time had a good car. Yeah, I certainly agree that he should have won more titles. He should have probably won at least two in the Sayat. Yeah, oh, 100%. The Sayat was better than any other car on that grid, pound for pound. And uh, the Chevrolet Cruze that he won his other title in, it was a bit of a flash in the pan for that car, I think. Yeah, he should have won it in the MG. Yeah. I, I can see that he would have probably beaten Giovinardi if the fact if he hadn't had that accident on the Caparo. I think he would have yep. won that season had it not been for that. And I, I accept that. And I think he was incredible to, to even turn up that for that weekend and try and finish the season. I just look at you look at his numbers, you look at what he's had at his disposal over the years, and you just think, How has he only got two titles? He's also got fifty one pole positions. It's like the the stats that you can keep reading out for him okay. need to put him up there. Well, let me let me read you a stat then. He's he's almost got double the number of wins in Turkton, but half the number of championships. Yeah. I think his problem is he doesn't play the percentages. I've always said that about him. Is that if it's, he's if very it's much all race, or nothing? Pointless. Yeah, which I think is why Fedden, Neil, Turkton have all won more titles. Okay. Because they play the percentages, and I think he's look, talented. Yes, entertaining. Yes, one of the greatest drivers of the touring car era. Yes, but he doesn't get the top five for me because he should. He should be by far and away on his own. He should be the Schumacher of the sport, in my opinion. Okay. Do you think that if he was say twenty years younger and put in the same machinery that Turkington's got nowadays, do you think he would beat him? you've had to go 20 years younger Plato I think is finding something of that boxer where he can become more competitive but he's had competitive cars I mean you know, take the 
BMW, sorry, take the, the BMR Subaru away. He's had competitive cars. He doesn't like rear-wheel drive, does he? Then why sign up for a Subaru then? Money talks, maybe? I mean, I mean, he didn't get it on the grid and go, bloody hell, this is rear-wheel drive, I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, it frustrates me in the way that some of the sports people frustrate you, that you look at the, the level of natural talent and the level of opportunity and what it's actually he's achieved. Are you saying just, that Jason Plato is a bit like Neymar? Yes. <laughs> yes. Petulant. Yeah, I think that's perfect. He's, he's a Mourinho in his latter years and a Neymar. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I appreciate it's difficult to rank people like Ingram and Jordan higher than Plato, but I think they've always got the best out of what they've got and I don't think the same can be said about Plato. Okay. And I'll, I'll reiterate that point when I get to my number one, when you look at a contrasting season in a same car, but we'll get there when I get to my number one. Okay then, who is your number two? My number two it is Colin Turkington. Oh. Um, I mean, as I said, briefly mentioned, four-time champion, the only person to have four crowns. Yep. Uh, um, second person to have four crowns. Sec- okay, in, in this era of touring cars, yes. I mean... He's worked his way up to the top. Uh, similar to Ingram, started off in a fairly small team, not quite the same as Ingram, but you know, I believe he started in the M- in the Atomic Kitten. Atomic MG. Kitten MG, yeah. That yeah, was a yeah. completely strange combination, but we'll go with it. Oh, absolutely. He then got his big break at RAC, completely outshone Collard um, throughout his time with WSR and yeah. RAC, etc., and continued that thread moving all through his years, really. He's always outshone people where he's been. Um, 51 wins is quite low, I think, for someone of that talent. You can see that he's break that down 50 by fours, and he only wins about 12 wins per title. Yeah. Which is quite crazy. But equally, he does say the player doesn't. He plays the numbers. Yeah, he, he does. Plays the numbers. He knows. He knows how to win a title. He knows what points need to be made, achieved to get there, and he plays the numbers. Um, he's made himself a reputation for being hard but fair. I think in latter years he's got slightly more aggressive, but I think. Generally, he's a fair driver. And I know people will have a, a problem because of his BMW association and how they have dominated the sport. And you can say, well, if it wasn't the BMW, would he have won, etc., etc. But I think his talent speaks for itself. Yeah. He's, he's far, um, far outclassed the drivers that have had the same machinery. Um, apart from last year with Jordan. Yeah, but he still, still finished ahead of him in the championship. Jordan would have won it had it not been for the Donington Park incident, though. What what will be will be. As as we've said before, luck works in mysterious ways, and he's had a fair share of luck, as I think some drivers have also done. But he's been there when he needs to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I say I I don't want to take anything away from him to be a four-time champion. I mean, yeah, it's, it's incredible. He's a great racer. He doesn't give up. You saw that at Brands last year. It'd be very easy to have given that up when you're at the back of the grid on tyres that aren't working. It'd been so easy just to chuck in the towel and go, it's not to be. What, what more can I do? Yep. And I know he got that luck again when you look at Kamish having a brake failure, but yep. he still had to be in the position to win it. <clears throat> Kamish was still leading the, the championship at that point. Yeah. Um, and the never-say-die attitude is, is fantastic. Um 
and I think he, he is a real credit to the sport. I say I get why people don't like him in the sense of the BMWs aren't particularly liked, and he's a bit. There's often a, a feeling that he is above the rules, should we say? Hmm. Um, or that the team is. Well, I remember an incident at Knock Hill last year where he turned jelly round on his way to getting towards the front um, to, to win the title and got nothing, no reprimand for it. And a lot of people at that point, particularly as Tom Ingram and then had his wind stripped off him in the same weekend because the floods knocked his floor off. I mean, yeah. there's been a there's been a, a sense that perhaps he's had the the rub of the green. But again, you need a bit of luck. Um, and I think his talent, I think it'd be unfair to say he's got where he's got due to the rub of the green his talent has been there from a very early age um, and he's come of age in the series yeah well my number two is a bit of a throwback the other person that has won four British titles in touring cars Andy Rouse he's had 60 wins across across his career a 21 year career that's stunning. That it? that is stunning. For I know we've we've got a couple of drivers in Plato and Neil that have gone through a couple of decades, but in the time that he was doing it, he was racing cars that were not as safe for starters, not as reliable, not as much technology as nowadays, and you can see all the data and where to improve, and and you can tune it to how you want. He was racing in an era where you you had to work it out for yourself. You had to be intelligent. You had to work out the drivers that you were racing against as well. And, yeah, he also won three years, three championships in a row. And every single year, he had a different car. Yeah, that that speaks for itself. the, The adaptability that one driver can have to go from one car to the next car to another completely different car we haven't seen since Turkington's gone on and done it all in a BMW as we've said and Matt Nils won all of his in a Honda yes Jason's done it in two different cars but there was time between those oh a lot of time yeah exactly whereas Andy Rouse he set set the bar so high and as we see, only last year was it matched by Turkington in championship yeah, wins. I, I don't think I can contest that at all. I, I, I don't think there's anything I can say as a, as a question to contest why he's there. The only thing I would say is that who the hell is your number one? If that's if that's the number if that's your number two. Um, the, the other thing is, yes, there were less rounds when he was driving, but the, the less rounds means you've got less time to build it back up if something does go wrong and so the yep. consistency was always there for him and then he just edged into that super touring era and was still suppose, fairly competitive I suppose the only thing I would say and it is a, a real sort of devil's advocate thing to say is that was is it fair to say he was racing in a much less competitive era of the sport hmm that that crossed my mind in that yes there were fewer drivers back then as well and there were different classes and stuff like that but having those different classes you you had to be more aware of possibly coming around to lap slower cars 
I think we see less of that nowadays. I'll see people drop off the back and have incidents and then treat it as testing. But they're fairly they're fairly well adept at getting out of the way and staying out of battles. Whereas racing with different class cars, your closing speeds, your braking points, your turning points, they're all different. And yeah. he was still able to manage that and still manage the race that he was effectively racing in with his other competitors. And then to go out there and win three championships in a row is just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say it was a very sort of devil's advocate kind of point. Yeah. Uh, just to try. Yeah. Um, right. Should we move on to my number one? Go on then. Move on to your number one. It's again a slight bias for how much I love him, but I think also his stats are just insane when you actually look at what he's achieved in a, a long but equally short career. At the same time, if you understand. Yep. When I say it's James Thompson. Yep. So, two time champion. At the time, the youngest race winner in 95 in a car that was brand new to him. Um, runner up in 2003, where he narrowly missed out on completing the Triple Crown, so winning it three years in a row to his teammate Yvonne Muller at that point. Um, later, going back to the plate point I made, he raced in 2006 in the touring cars and the world touring cars. In the and was actually in the Sayers I was ahead of plate after the first three rounds finished sixth that season and wasn't too far from the championship yeah. so he missed about a quarter quarter to a third of the season and he still nearly won the championship yeah. uh, 36 wins to his name uh, stunning to watch on the track I mean he again you said earlier about uh, Ingram and um, Turkton just squeezes every single ounce he can out of a car yeah. um when the Sayats turned their first win in 2006, it was new for both Plato and Thompson. And uh, Thompson got the hang of it pretty much straight away, yeah. um, winning, for, winning the first race of that season. Um, I suppose you could point at him should he have achieved more, but when you look at how many different series he's raced in as well, I mean, he is one of the greatest racers of, of his generation, I think. Arguably, I think he could have achieved more. Um, yeah. I think he should probably should have achieved more in the world touring cars as well obviously moving on part sort of like doing both at the same time and then moving on to the world touring cars i think he could have achieved a lot more in the british touring cars and those few glimpses that we had of him after his so-called career in the british touring cars had finished he had a few guest appearances and stand-in yeah. drives he just he didn't seem to have the pace of it for me. You say that, he did get a point for fastest lap in one of his um, standing drives. So, uh, I think that he very much suited a particular era of touring cars. Yes. I don't think if you gave him the machine now, he would fit it. But I do think at that, uh, the early 2000s, him and Muller were untouchable. Yes, they were. Um, and I think when you look at how he used to race, you look at some of the moves he pulls, clean driver as well. I do like a clean driver that can win on track rather than by shoving everyone off to the advertising hoardings. I, I accept what you say that there's a, there's a bit missing. You do think he could have probably won more, should have probably been a three time winner. Yeah. Um, say only, only lost out narrowly in 2003, possibly could have been a four time winner if he'd stuck the whole series in 2006. Yep. So there is a little bit of things, there's a little bit missing. But I think if you look at, how many different disciplines he's turned to and succeeded in 
I don't think the World Tour cards is a good barometer to set. You've seen lots of good drivers go there and mm. fail. Chilton and Chad are the two other names that come to mind. Yeah. Um, that have gone there and failed. Turkson's done mm. a couple of races in other formats and really struggled to, to, to work it. I think Thompson is one of the few drivers that has proved himself in multiple disciplines. It's still the way Alonso's done in his uh, IndyCar and what have you. To, to, to different successes, yes. <laughs> yeah, to different successes, but I think... I, I understand that, yeah, there's an argument that Thompson should have probably achieved more. Um, but in terms of coolness on and off the grid, race pedigree, I think he's top of my list. And, and unusual hairstyles. Yes. What again, was he thinking character. when he grew it long? I think he was thinking it was Jared Leto as a stand-in for one of the many films that were going on at the time. But, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I just think he's a real real good racer, a real good guy. Um, I, I wish he was in touring cars more. That is my only regret with him. Um, but in terms of what he achieved during his, his stint in there, I think he was uh, absolutely stunning. Yeah, the, he was my other consideration for my top five. Um, the fact that he was, as you say, such a clean, entertaining and just a classy driver. Yeah. But for me, he could have achieved more. The same with you and Plato. I, I think yeah. he could have done more in the sport and... Yes, luck plays its part sometimes, and him wanting to move on to world touring cars and proving himself on the world stage is what he wanted to do, and that's fair play to yeah. it. But I, I do just think that he could have done more in the British touring cars. I agree. The reason he's in there ahead of Plato is because, yeah, he, he to some point he didn't achieve more because he didn't was in the series as long. Yeah. Um, I think that he absolutely maximised what he had whilst he was in the series. Um, I don't think you can say Plato's done the same. Yeah. Okay then. So my number one is someone you've already mentioned. Uh, it is Colin Turkington for me. As you say, he's had 422 race starts, 51 wins, 20 pole positions, 56 fastest laps, four championships. Made his debut in 2002. And with what you said about Tom Ingram, he's worked his way up. As you say, he started in the MG, sponsored by Atomic Kitten. Yes, he's had a large affinity with WSR. Remember, he's also raced in the Vauxhalls, and he was part of that four-car team at BMR. So he's been able to adjust. Yeah. And oh, gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and he has also come back from having a fairly serious Ill illness, which meant that he had to stop racing for a while. And he's fought back from that and overcome adversity and everything else that has gone on in his personal life to prove to people that he can come back and he can do it. And not just be that, I know it sounds weird, but just being that person that won one or two championships. He's come back yep. in, yes, a very quick car and a proven car in the championship in the BMW either 1 Series or 3 Series and yes people are going last year oh it's a DTM car and that yes he gets the rub of the green but as you said he's got that ability to be there when it matters and to keep himself yeah. in the fight and not get into those scrapes and tussles that you don't need to be involved in when you're going for a championship I can't argue with, with a four time champion at the top of the list no. as as that. I, I, I can't argue with you on it and, and I think going into hopefully the season ahead, he will be the one to beat and will be looking to take that all-time record of 
five British Touring Car Championships. Yes, although partly wanted to this is his last year. Yes, that is a possibility. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much longevity he will have past this. Obviously, having his debut in 2002, it's a long time ago now. Yep. Um, he's got a youngish family that obviously he'll want to spend yep. more time with. Um, yes, he had that little flutter in the world touring cars, didn't go to plan for him, and he's realised that and come back to... It seems unfair to a place that seems comfortable for him, but it's where he knows he's best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, he's top of the pile. I can understand. I'm not going to say I'm not going to argue with with that being number one for for, for your list. I say it's very difficult to to dispute a four-time champion. Um, I think it's, it'd be unfair to say he could achieve more as well because I think he's always been there or thereabouts um, and been there when it matters. Um, yeah. Again, I do accept there'll be some people with the view that he's had the rubber degree, he's had the luck, particularly in recent years. Yeah. But I don't think the first his first title was down to luck at all. No. Um, and he's a great driver. I say uh, Brands last year epitomised his don't give up attitude with the a lot of people. I mentioned Plato as a bit of a sulker. Wouldn't have just got down, head down, and got on with it when you're that far off the, the two MGs, for goodness sake. Um, I, I think the facts, as you say about Brands, in that going into the second race, he had almost resigned himself to going, oh, right, this this is it now. It's, yeah, the, he needs to do whatever he can to get himself into the position and you saw how much it meant to him by the emotion that was on his face even on the uh, grid walk yeah um, so yeah I think he brings that that humanity to it as well and you can see how much it means to him agreed well I think that probably uh, concludes our top 5 lists each quite yeah. a different list which is always good uh, a quick rundown of who we have so I in 5th for me I have Shedden followed by Matt Neal in 4th Jason Plato in third, Andy Rouse second, and top of the pile for me is Colin Turkington. Yeah, mine's slightly different with Mike Jordan in fifth, Tom Ingram taking fourth spot, uh, then it was Neil in third, Turkington in second, and uh, James Thompson top of the pile at number one. Yeah, well, we hope you've enjoyed this, um, and we'd love to hear your top fives and your comments on and just argue it out on our social medias on Facebook and on Instagram and give us your suggestions for any other top fives that you'd love to hear as well um, and we'll be sure to take notice of them and try and think of our own yeah until then we'll be back with another top five podcast shortly um, and, a, and a longer one next week general update pod uh, until then we'll speak to you soon yeah stay safe and stay home Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 